This podcast is brought to you by Michelle Despreeze, the author of a new book entitled Intuitively You, Evolve Your Life and Mend the World. Please listen to podcast number 718, where Michelle and Greg discuss how to develop your intuition, and in doing so, use this valuable insight to help you make better decisions in all areas of your life. We all have an intuition. The key is learning how to tune into this powerful awareness available to everyone. Please join Michelle and Greg on podcast number 718, where you will learn to access your intuition and use it for your benefit. If you want to learn more about Michelle and her new book, Intuitively You, please visit her website by going to www.michelledespreeze.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And today joining me from Toronto, Ontario, Canada uh, is David Benjamin. And he has a co-author on a brand new book by the name of David Komlos. And this book is called Cracking Complexity, the Breakthrough Formula for Solving Just About Anything Fast. Good day to you, David. How are you doing? Great. How are you this morning? I'm wonderful, and it's a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and sharing some of your insights just about this issue of complexity. I know I've done a few interviews lately, um, one of them called Bulletproof Problem Solving with Charles Kahn, and it seems to be a topic that's become more and more interesting to business people um, and executives and upper management to try and solve complex problems. So it's a pleasure having you on to, to talk with us about it. I'm going to let our listeners know a little bit about you. Also, for my listeners, um, you can go to their website, which is Singricity. Or let me pronounce that for me. Which would you? Sing- uh, Syntegrity. Syntegrity. Sorry, Syntegrity Group, and that's S Y N T E G R I T Y Group dot com. And there you will find more information about the book, uh, both of the authors, the formula what they do, client impact and resources, and it'd be a great place for people to go. Um, So go to syntegritygroup.com to get more information. We're also going to have a link on the blog to that as well. David is the co-founder of Syntegrity and the chief architect behind its implementation of the complexity formula as laid out in Cracking Complexity, the book we're going to be speaking about. Uh, He regularly guides leaders and their teams through their application of the formula helping them to get to decisions and actions in days, no matter the industry, the type of challenge or nature of the organization. Um, In this capacity, David has become a trusted advisor uh, to Fortune 500 companies and government leaders on how to organize for complexity and find traction in the face of the intractable. So David is definitely an expert in this field, and his partner is the CEO of uh, Syngritic. I always want to not pronounce that right. (laughs) Um, And and is the entrepreneur and early stage investor and speaker who has helped change the way many global leaders approach their top challenges. Well, the book is fascinating. Uh, As you say, breakthrough formula for solving just about anything. And you mentioned that business leaders are facing more and more challenges and more complex problems. And complexity is the challenge. In fact, it is the uh, challenge, but the challenge that must be met and it must be met fast. 
Um, how do you help business leaders get their heads around complex problems and solve them quickly? Well, we start by um, helping them to, first of all, recognize that they're facing complexity because it's often the case that um, leaders are tangled up with many pressures and, and problems that are facing them all at once. And some of them are probably just complicated, um, which would mean they're solvable by an expert. Um, they're sort of routinely cause and effect, maybe not easy to solve, but there's a known solution. And if you sort of separate those ones away because there's a known way to get them solved, which is again, to bring in the expert, um, we have them focus on the complex ones, the ones that have sort of defied solutions. They've persisted. Um, there doesn't seem to be a playbook that's easy to find. And so, again, starting from that basis, you've got your complex challenge in front of you. Now, um, the leader needs to spend time articulating what that challenge is because they're not going to solve it on their own. They need to engage others and they need to express clearly what they're dealing with. So we talk about doing that in the form of a question. Well, you definitely get at it uh, in this book very quickly. Um, and your company's integrity really helps people um, go there. And as you say in your video at your website, and I want to encourage my listeners to go there and they're not a consulting firm. They're strictly out there. Um, with these formulas they've created to help people deal with complexity. Now, you use an example of dealing with complexity. You say it's like the hero's journey. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that and, and heard it. And actually, the story is told over and over and over again when you watch movies, you know. And you say then in the trope of storytelling, so you cite three examples about heroes' stories. Um, and I wanted to talk about the one with Brenda at, is it plus, how do you say the financial corp or Finna Corp that she works for? Mm -hmm. Which is a mythical organization. Okay. Okay. So her complex challenge and how it was resolved. So, you know, you go right into stories, you tell stories throughout the book, which I think is a great way of actually dealing with this. Um, give the readers a little bit or listeners a little bit of understanding um, about how you kind of approach this one. You say it's a mythical corporation, but the reality is it's an example that you started with in the book. Yeah, it's uh, so again, all of the stories in the book are amalgams of real situations. Um, and in this one, we would have had an organization, uh, if, if it's the one I'm remembering, where, where our protagonist is dealing with um, a changing industry Yes. And several failed attempts to yes. get in front of that and new competitive entrants. Um, and, you know, all the other things that anyone is dealing with if they've got a large organization changing face of the, work, uh, the workplace, digitization, um, disruption here and there. So, uh, again, helping that person start by getting a handle on the fact that they're not dealing with one thing and they're not going to be able to deal with it in the way they've tried before, um, spending time to frame what it is they're dealing with, again, in the form of a question, and then very quickly thinking about who collectively are all the people that would hold pieces of the puzzle, that would have perspectives and experiences 
and exposure uh, and access to customers and competitors and everyone else that's affecting the business um, inside their organization and around it. Um, and sort of working up the courage to bring them all together and um, not just bring them all together to sort of be interviewed or, you know, offer opinions, but to get into a very concise and frank uh, conversation about how to transform, how, how to face what's coming, uh, you know, what we have to recognize about our strengths and weaknesses and um, what we need to do about it. And, and I say courage because it's, it's not easy for no. leaders to, to go there. No, it isn't. And, and you have a formula for complexity. And as the reader moves through the book, you state that they'll be taken to three major destinations. Uh, can you explain your formula and the three destinations you're going to take the reader, reader to as uh, they read through your book, Cracking Complexity? Yeah. So again, having started with um, that question and, and the right group of people, now it's really about um, getting them to a point where they can be very productive very quickly in figuring things out. Um, so the formula moves from this notion of including a high variety of people um, to emphasizing that it really does require them getting together. This isn't something you're going to figure out over the phone or over video conference. Um, having brought them together, again, if you've done a good job of variety, you've got a bunch of people who aren't normally in the room together who don't necessarily speak the same language when it comes to technical jargon or um, jargon about the organization, um, their own specialty areas, et cetera. So you need to get them from your question to productive dialogue very quickly. And so we, we spend a lot of time in the formula talking about um, an agenda, a preset agenda is the wrong way to go about it. Um, you've got the right people in the room. You don't tell them how to answer your question by laying out, you know, we're going to spend the first hour on this topic and second hour on that topic. You give them the opportunity to identify what they need to talk about and discover that with each other. So that's where the formula goes next. Um, you then get them into direct conversations with each other, not intermediated through a facilitator or an interviewer, but talking in the room together. We call those collisions very effectively, very quickly about the issues they've identified needed to be talked about. Um, we talk about giving them behavioral roles that they're not used to, that are assigned and you know, gently enforced, um, that force people into listening when they might not ordinarily be listening or speaking when they wouldn't ordinarily be speaking um, or just offering critique in situations where they might ordinarily not feel comfortable offering critique, but driving them through a balanced application of those roles iteratively on all the topics they've identified and just creating this, this very effective, very efficient thinking machine that is drawing from everybody all the various insights and perspectives and experiences and beliefs that they collectively hold. Yeah, you're really asking them to get in touch with those critical thinking skills that I think are so important. But many times in businesses today, it's they're they're neglected. 
Um, and you discuss this new language of the S curve, which consists of your sense, absorb, think, act, and decide. And that's also articulated in the little video when you go into your website. Can you explain to our listeners um, the sense, absorb, think, uh, decide, and act steps, and also what this S curve means? Because it's it's really um, it's from a standpoint, it's accelerated. Uh, tremendously toward helping people solve complexity. Right. So I mean, we start with a little story, which by now we've you know said so many times. I'm expecting that some of your uh, listeners will have heard it before. But basically, if you walk into your office one morning, take off your coat, hang it up, open your door, look in your office, and there's a ferocious lion on your desk. Um, if you're like most people, you will very, very quickly go from the shock of sensing a lion on your desk to the action of fleeing the other way. Um, you won't set up steering committees to discuss the threat. You won't do an analysis of what's going on and get many opinions in to inform your decision. You will, in the blink of an eye, go from sensing the lion to acting. Um, but what's actually going on uh, in your own sort of nervous system is that you sense the lion you absorb the implications, think about your options, decide on an option, which in this case is probably to flee, and then act. And it's all in one motion, all at once. Um, there is no intervening step, and, and that's how we've learned to survive. So that is because, um, as a human being, you are an integrated um, nervous system. Organizations face sort of metaphorical lines on the desk all the time, and they do not behave like uh, individual humans in terms of that nervous system acting in the blink of an eye, obviously, because the sensors are distributed through the organization, as are the absorbers, as are the thinkers, and the thinkers are separated from the sensors, and the deciders might also be the thinkers, or they might be separated again. Um, and it's almost certain that the actors, the people who are going to do something, um, you know, are part of the process of deciding and thinking about what, what to do. And so it's because of that distributed and fragmented nature of the organizational nervous system that things take so long. Because it's basically got to be linear in nature, just moving step by step through sensing, absorbing, thinking, deciding, and acting, and fumbling through the process of getting all that stimulus together. So when we talk about an S-curve accelerator, we're talking about getting the sensors, absorbers, thinkers, deciders, and actors in the room together all at once for a short amount of time um, so that they can all at once sense, absorb, think, decide, and make decisions specifically about how to act and what needs to be done in a way that everybody agrees and that the actors are directly involved, understand what they're going to need to do, and are mobilized to do it. And that's how you can get an exponentially faster result than the usual way. Yeah, it's very clear in your book that you have created a, a unique formula for getting at this and accelerating how people solve complexity. And you've actually created, David, 10 steps for solving complexity which starts with acknowledgement of the complexity and then ends with translating clarity and insight into action. Now, um, briefly, if you could explain the steps to the listeners 
and how your methodology is is really going to get them to solve uh, this quickly. And I know each one of these has kind of a chapter, right? But the reality is they are steps upon one another, which actually get you to action. And I think it would help the listeners to understand better uh, this methodology of how you and your partner are helping people crack complexity. Yeah, it's that it's that course from acknowledging the complexity, articulating a question, identifying the right variety of people who collectively need to brought together, be brought together to answer the question, um, having them determine their agenda once they're together, what the topics are they need to um, resolve as they answer your question while they're together, um, and then working them through those topics iteratively, specifically three times, uh, each of the topics in a way that brings all of them directly um, in, in touch with each other so that they can learn from and influence and explore and understand all the perspectives in the room. Ultimately, moving through the iterations from a discussion of the issues and the opportunities to idea generation and finally to recommendations. And at that point, um, once they've really primed their own pump through great conversation and through a lot of information sharing, that emergence can happen, that new insights can come, that things can converge in surprising ways for the group. And very importantly, that happened because they were there in the conversation and everybody feels and sees how they influenced the conclusions of the group. Um, and that is absolutely key for what comes after, which is execution. And really, as I was making my way through some of your work, Greg, um, I was, again, some of what you're saying in some of your written materials really resonated in terms of specifically um, tuning into intuition and getting people away from doing um, and you know, sort of pausing the thinking about doing while they just kind of listen to each other and listen to their own perspectives and understanding and beliefs and challenge those things um, while holding them off from getting to action. Because we talk yeah. again, and, and you do as well, about the importance of shared understanding and understanding before action so that you get to the right, the right decisions. Well, intuition is a key element, I think, in any business decision-making process, including complexity that comes into your life or conflict or whatever you may have to resolve. And I think the more you get in tune with that, um, the, the deeper you understand the signs and symbols and things that you're receiving, it's an opportunity to trust it, to start to trust it. I think, you know, obviously everybody has it. The question is trusting it and discerning where it's coming from. Um, and that's a different story altogether. But you do speak about a fascinating thing in your book. Uh, you, you talk about collisions. And in your video, you show two graphics, one where it's kind of like the net, where everything looks like it may have collided. And the other one are all these departments within inside of a company. Um, speak with you, if you would, about the currency of solving big problems as it relates to um, these collisions. Yeah. Uh, and that's in contrast to sort of the traditional approach to solving big things, which is uh, often, again, to bring in uh, an expert, somebody who's experienced the same or similar situations before or seemingly has, um, setting them up at the hub 
of what we call a hub and spoke model. So at the hub, um, ready to interview everyone and find out what they think and get their perspectives. And if you think in terms of what I was talking about a few minutes ago, what the sensors are sensing and what the absorbers are absorbing and just doing the thinking and deciding at the hub. That's the traditional model, not necessarily the deciding, but the deciding on a recommended course of action, which then goes to approvers. The, the collision-based model is about connecting, again, it might be the same group of people, but connecting them directly with each other without a hub as the intermediate, intermediary between them, letting them um, you know, have frank and difficult conversations directly with each other and hear each other and challenge each other and learn from each other um, because that is what gets the best from everybody. That is what gets them furthermore to a sense of ownership um, and not by having them interviewed because that, that is an extraction of information that's, that does not buy their belief in their will. And I think for our listeners, they need to understand, and I think many of them do because the kind of people that listen to this show, there's a very a unique approach that you and your partner have created. This is this is not common because most of the time you say you don't outsource it. You don't uh, go and extract data, right? So right. I think for our listeners, it would be interesting to understand what the heck is it that you do do? What do you provide? You provide a framework um, because most people listening to this who are maybe in mid or upper management are going to be thinking, well, so how does um, David and his partner help me? Um, how does Syntegrity get at the issue here? What is your formula, meaning your business model to make this happen? So very specifically, um, the business Syntegrity has an implementation of the formula that really um, focuses on what we would call steps six through nine in the book. And that's the, the uh, time that people spend together. So what, what our company does is provide the, the guidance and structures and um, engineered collider uh, that will play out while people are together. So very efficient and effective model of driving those collisions iteratively for the group that's been convened, but very much um, obvious and experienced by people through steps six through nine. The rest of what we do is help leaders that are dealing with steps one through five um, to get ready for that and to do the right thinking and the right framing so that the time together can be effective and efficient for everyone who's, who's brought together there. Um, we also, once that session has concluded, do some neutral sense-making on whatever came out and organizing of that content and then helping a sub-team um, to figure out what to do about it. So just holding their hand through all of that, not offering our opinion, our perspectives, um, but really getting the best from the group. And that's, that's why we say we're not consultants. We, we don't carry a specific subject matter expertise, except complexity. Uh, we don't come in with an opinion on automotive uh, industry or food industry or uh, financial services industry. Um, we don't come in with a particularly large amount of knowledge on any of those things, but we do know a lot about how to deal with complexity. 
Yeah, and it's it's a great approach to this. Now, in what situations where complexity arrives, do you most find business leaders adopting your formula and saying, you know, what what kind of problems, I should say, do you most frequently find uh, where you're applying your formula, it's working successfully, and business leaders are walking away with great testimonials uh, for its integrity and saying, wow, they did a great job, or their formula on methodology did a great job? I would say to answer sort of both halves of that question, it's, it's the situations um, where people have been stuck for a while and have tried a few different things and have quickly discovered or not so quickly discovered that they're not getting anywhere meaningful in terms of progress and that things are changing faster than they are able to adapt to. So it's usually the case that um, when somebody is first turning to the formula, it's because um, they're stuck and they've heard about a different approach. They're ready to try anything. Um, and especially they're ready to try something that's that's faster and that they're hearing effervescent um, referral referrals about. They're hearing from other people who've done it. You know, this will blow you away to do it this way. But they're ready to hear that because, again, they've tried traditional approaches and they haven't succeeded. And so for having sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That's fine. Continue I was going to say these days that is often i'd say in response to something disruptive in the market that seems to be getting away from them so that might be the impact of amazon on you know your pricing strategy and how you're how you're dealing with uh, the market um or it might be one of those times where you just need to take out cost uh or you're growing slower than anticipated and your shareholders are saying do something about that um, so it's usually those kind of turnaround situations. Yeah, it's really, I think the process that you have developed here, the formula that you've developed really helps people. And I think the key is the speed at which you can actually accelerate this and get people to resolve this complexity because this is happening at a much quicker uh, pace uh, inside businesses today. And it, they're much more challenged with this. And again, I kind of, it's almost like it's a, such a whole new, unique approach. Uh, it's kind of clearing the slate and giving people an opportunity, as you said, to follow your uh, methodology, to follow your formula, and to have results a lot quicker. If there's one thing that you would want to leave our listeners with today, David, kind of summing it up so they could wrap their head around this. Um, what would you want to tell them? And then um, I know we're going to direct them to the website. Are there any downloads that they can get on on your system um, other than buying the book? Anything that you're giving away or would like to give to the listeners um, as a result of this? And you may not have it, but the point is, um, I just thought I would ask that question. Well, thank you for that. I, I would say that um, I wouldn't want people to get the impression that if you read this book, you will only get value if you execute all 10 steps. Um, really, we've, we've tried to, and we've heard from people who've, who've read it and are applying some of the content, that each chapter has standalone value um, in terms of maybe thinking about how you're composing a team 
or how you're running your meetings um, or how you're articulating a particular challenge before using whatever technique you're using to get after it. So I would want people to understand that this is not an all or nothing. There's, there's a lot of, I think, perspective changing content and good um, practical guidance on how to apply that and that they'll get value from all of that. Um, in terms of takeaways, again, you've pointed them to this integrity website. There's also crackingcomplexity.com, which is the book website. And specifically, I think in both sites, there's a, there's a, a media page, which will point you to Forbes articles and um, other articles that have been published already and some podcasts and um, those kinds of things. I would direct them to read what's interesting. Um, and if they're not planning on buying the book, um, there's probably enough nuggets of wisdom in the content we're publishing elsewhere that will get you started. Well, David, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, and I'm definitely going to put the links to Amazon for this book called Cracking Complexity, The Breakthrough Formula for Solving Just About Anything Fast. It is a book that if you apply the formulas and the methodologies, which uh, David and his uh, co-author, who is also the CEO of uh, Syntegrity, have developed, um, you really are going to get some fast results. So go check out Syntegrity. Go check out the websites. Um, we'll put a link up to the book website as well. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes with our listeners uh, discussing your book and really more importantly, um, how to crack complexity. And we're all faced with it at much more frequent um, moments than, than we think. And it really does require implementing something other than the same old thing. I always like the David, the uh, Albert Einstein, keep doing the same thing and expecting different right. results is a definition of insanity. And the reality is this is a new methodology. Give it a try. Um, go buy the book. I'll put a link up there. Um, you know, get in touch uh, with David and his partner and speak with them about how they're actually doing this inside of businesses. It's a pleasure having you on, David, Inside Personal Growth. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Maury Zelkovich, the founder of The Maury Method. Please listen to podcast number 720, where Maury and Greg speak about the benefits of brainwave entrainment. Maury is the founder of The Maury Method, in which he has developed specially designed audio recordings that will assist users with issues of depression, confidence, abundance, and many other elements of our lives that we would like to improve and or eliminate. Please listen to podcast number 720, where in this informative and fascinating interview with Maury Zelkovich, the founder of The Maury Method, you will learn how to resolve your issues with brainwave entrainment. For more information about Maury's products and services, please visit www.themorimethod.com. Thanks for listening.